Hello and welcome to the Techpedition Podcast. It's a Saturday, sunny and clear, high 70, or something like that. My name is Kerry Brown, and I have my brother Clarence with me. Clarence, how are you today? Hey, bro, how's it going? It's good to be back in the world of podcasting. It is, it is, it is, very much. It's sunny here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, have you guys started getting cold weather up there in the KC? Is that what they uh, call it? the KC? The, what's the nickname for Kansas City? Do they have one? I don't know if we have <laughs> one or not. <laughs> KC. We're not going to be pretentious like New York and just call our city the city. The hey, city. You coming to the city? No, the uh, yeah. N- NYC. Oh, do they call it like the city? New New Yorkers call New York the city? Like that's what they call it. Really? Like, like it's like it's literally the city because there is no other. Pretty much, that's how they feel. I guess. <laughs> what ifs? Um, well, go ahead. No, I say you know if I lived in like a huge farm, you know, it's like the biggest farm in all of America. I might just call it the farm. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. On, I don't know. Come- Come on out to the farm today. Hey, <laughs> doggy. Yeah. Oh, man. I was, I had Gwen busting out laughing today. Um, do you remember this dude that at our school named Johnny Ralph? Johnny Ralph. No, I do not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about Johnny Ralph. Uh, he was just like this older guy. He just kind of like hung around at the school. He that doesn't like, sound creepy at like all. Late, like in his late thirties, early forties. Kind of slack jaw and buck tooth, and he used to like help out the football coaches. And oh man, <laughs> it just seemed all weird that there's just this grown man hanging out at the school all the time. But his name was Johnny Ralph. <laughs> all right, so on that bombshell, uh, we're gonna talk talk a little. We'll talk a little um, gaming. We'll talk a little television, comic, fantasy, technology stuff i don't know we, we kind of run the gamut here these days we don't just stick to one thing so i think certainly, i think it, certainly. I th- yeah i think it makes it more fun that way um but to uh transition from my rambling uh unless you're under a rock uh, this past month you probably know that nintendo announced a new console oh did they indeed they did uh <laughs> It's called the Switch, and the cool thing about it is that you can seamlessly, oh, excuse me, seamlessly transition from playing at home on your HD television to walking down the road or, like the commercial, uh, your rooftop of posh millennials, millennial friends, you can go over to their party playing your Switch and, um... Or 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 uh, stop playing real basketball. Let's play basketball on the game. Oh man, that was so that was so dumb. (laughs) That was so dumb. But yeah, I guess I could see people doing that since they were they were playing two K. So people love the two K. Love the two (laughs) Ks. Oh yeah. But um, me personally, I saw this trailer and I mean, it made me feel like kid again i guess i could say because i i just i don't get excited about consoles anymore not like i used to you know but this 
made me really, really, really excited about their next system. And not just the form factor and the portability, the graphics. Just seeing HD graphics on a Nintendo console just makes me really, really happy. Yeah, you know, it's 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 going to be hard because, of course, it has the cool uh, thing of being portable, hence the name, kind of switched from being a, 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 a console behind a big TV to taking it on the go. Um, but what's really going to be the challenge is going to be how developers are going to develop games to kind of work in all those situations and work great in all those situations. Uh, you know, I also think it came out recently that the, uh, screen is a touch screen. So yeah, I don't know. And it, it, even situations where, um, even if you haven't seen the trailer, I don't know why, but <laughs> the the controllers will actually will the thumbsticks will pull off, and you can use both of them as a standalone controller. So that is there's a lot of scenarios of how you can actually control a game, which I don't know how they're going to actually program around that. Uh, it seems like a challenging thing. Yeah, I mean. The coolest thing for me, though, was just the the idea of you know, uh, I, I you know sometimes you get a new console and the console is so expensive, you know, you get it, you only have one controller. So you know, if <laughs> if you're a kid, your friend comes over to see your new console, you can both play, which I guess is kind of cool. But the yeah, the button mapping thing is it just seems to be like it's going to be complicated, like you said to to figure that out and account for every situation but i I feel like in the grand scope of things that's probably just the the tail to be worked out as opposed to something that's going to be like a blocker yeah i agree i mean plus you said like it's it's going to be exciting to see nintendo in h in in hd which i think they are now with the wii u but yeah but uh so i mean yeah and to see if uh, third-party uh, developers or publishers are going to actually jump on board to uh, kind of bolster uh, the library. Because, you know, of course, Nintendo's games have always been great. The first-party games are always good. So, the, again, the challenge is, are we going to have other people come in and actually contribute to the library? Yeah, I, re- I read a really, really interesting article about this, which I'll, I'll talk about that later. First, first thing I'll say is, um, they released a kind of a graphic of all of the third party support. And I mean, fr- from the looks of it, there's going to be plenty of third party support for this thing. Um, in the trailer, the trailer actually has Skyrim running on it. I don't know if you noticed that, but so that by default, like, th- but okay, I'm just going to name off some of the bigger companies. Uh, you have Activision. Arc System Works, who does like Guilty Gear, Atlas, uh, who publishes a lot of Japanese RPGs, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Capcom, EA, From Software, who they do the um, Dark Souls games, uh, Grasshopper Manufacture, Gung Ho Entertainment. Um, they actually own Game Arts, which is the developer of Grandia, which is my favorite RPG series. Konami Level Five. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Sega, <laughs> Square Enix, <laughs> Tokyo RPG Factory, which the only game that Tokyo RPG Factory has created is I Am Setsuna, which is it's been released for PC 
and I think for consoles too. It's just a classic style. They're subsidiary of Square Enix, and it's just a classic, old school Chrono Trigger style RPG, which is awesome. Um, THQ, Telltale Games, Take Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, uh, and then you have the third party middleware supporters like Autodesk, Cryware, Epic Games, Havoc. I mean, everything, Unity, like everything just about that's, you know, a major player in the game scene, you know. Oh, yeah, and Starbreeze, too. They did the um, the Chronicles of Riddick games, the first-person shooters. I don't know if you ever played those. Yeah, I did. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're working on right now, but it's interesting that, you know, that they have this wide support considering that the last couple of, well, the last Nintendo console just... It it hardly has any third party support at the moment, <laughs> so yeah. Well, I, and, and I was gonna say, and the thing is, are these developers going to continue to stay on and support the console? I think even when the U, Wii U first came out, a lot of developers and publishers came out saying they were going to develop for it, but eventually it all kind of just fell by the wayside. So um, yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, I think that they um just weren't able to hit the numbers or something like i i didn't even think about that but yeah that's a good good point we will see in march i guess is when it's uh slated to release yeah also one one more point i wanted to make about this i've read a few articles that have brought this up um but if you think about it i don't know if you've ever used the nvidia shield but like to me this is like a idealized perfected version of the nvidia shield um i think it's actually going to be running an nvidia chipset and and the fact that it's a touch screen i mean it's just totally it totally make reminds me of the nvidia shield so it'll be interesting how that pans out from like a a computing power graphics power standpoint and battery life's the other thing that I'm kind of curious about what yes, it is. Yes, because if you look at the current state of... I mean, I don't know what the 3DS battery life was. Uh, oh, it was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, and but you got to think with the increased resolution and the graphical power. I mean, this has this is a thing that supports, you know, uh, console at home level graphics. So yeah. I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing some dumbing down of that those graphics in some capacity when it's not attached to the dock. But by the same token, I mean... Even a mobile game, just sitting there and trying to play uh, yeah. play a graphically intensive game for a few hours, is probably going to kill your battery. I would hope that they don't go the like. I, I read some things about there being like an extra processor or something in the base or something. I really, really hope they don't do that because they're just gonna, you know, it's just gonna be one more hoop that developers are gonna have to jump through because they're gonna have to pretty much program their games twice, you know. For once, for like a, gra- I, I guess graphical settings for when you're at home, and then graphical settings for when you're on the go. Which I guess, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that big of yeah, a deal. But I, I think that makes sense, uh, actually. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're not going to need 720p. Well, dang it. Yeah, you you probably going to want 720p. Yeah, but you're not going to necessarily retina yeah. screen tab in the age of retina screen tablets. I really hope yeah. they don't go that route. It, it it also depends on the quality of the screen itself, which we don't know at this point. I mean, it looked good from the trailers, but uh, from the trailer. So, I mean, we don't know what the resolution of this screen is going to be, which I think the maximum output is already kind of slated as 720p. I don't know if that came out. So, 
Oh, the whole the whole the console's gonna output seven twenty P, it's not gonna do ten eighty? I think it's seven twenty P if I heard correctly. I'll try to dig up oh, the article. Well, well, if that's the case, they shouldn't have any trouble because I mean, phones are—they're the phones your people are carrying around have higher resolution screens than that. So certainly, um, if that—if that—I mean, even if it was 1080p, like you know, phones have like 4K screens now. So if even if it's—I mean, I'm sorry, not 4K, Quad HD, which is not 4K. It's four times 720p instead of 1080p. But, um, yeah, I guess it, this is a report, but I, I guess it's not true. Sorry to cut you off, but I, the, it's 720p multi-touch screen is 6.2 inches. Oh, yeah. If, if that's the case, I shouldn't have any trouble. Like, cause that's, that's nothing for tablets now to, to be able to render that, you know, so. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense now, especially when you think about the fact that it's going to be outputting on the television at 1080p and, you know, it, if you take that same 1080p and put it on a smaller screen, it's probably going to look better on the <laughs> on yeah. the tablet than it does on the television. So, it, interesting development, though. I I did not know that that it was going to be 720p. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. Again, again, I think it's all rumors at this point. Uh, it comes from a, a Ars Technica, so I don't know how. <laughs> how They're pretty reliable, can... though. Yeah, Ars Technica is. So I trust them. <laughs> cool beans. Yeah. All right. I guess moving along, um, the only other news story that we have, um, I guess this will be a shorter podcast, is that um, last year, last July, um, I guess it actually started before that. So I'd say it was about 2013-ish, maybe. Uh, to- Toei Animation released Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, which takes place directly after the Majin Buu saga. Or the end of Dragon Ball. It's it's right after the Dragon. It's right after Boo is defeated, but it's before the end of Dragon Ball Z. Because if you remember the end of Dragon Ball Z, like um, Gohan's already, Pan's already like walking around and fighting, and Goten and Trunks are older, and Oob, which is Boo reincarnated, he's popped up. So it's about that's about ten years, I want to say. 10 or 15 years after the Majin Buu was killed. This is this happens in between that time. So oh, I didn't know that. So basically it it doesn't really you know by nature invalidate GT but by some of the <laughs> stuff that's happened in the series it pretty much invalidates it. It doesn't invalidate it from a timeline stance though, so but yeah, have they came out and said it's pretty much uh, that is not considered canon at this point? Or oh, oh, I don't think I don't think GT's ever been considered canon. But some of the more hardcore anime side fans, because that was never a part of the manga. And Toriyama for GT, he just did character designs and was like here. And I think he like wrote a short premise for it, and he just handed it off. He had nothing to do with the show. But he was actually heavily involved in the first two movies. The first one, um, Battle of Gods, uh, basically Goku becomes a Super Saiyan God, if you've never seen it. It's a really cool movie. I recommend it. Um, and the second one, Revival of Frieza. So Frieza comes back in the second one, and they fight him, and there's Super Saiyan Blue. Um, I'm sure if you've... Yeah, that... <laughs> 
I guess it's kind of a spoiler, the Super Saiyan Blue thing. But if you uh, yeah. if you if you've been on the internet in the past year, <laughs> you should you should know about that because basically, yeah. um, the cool thing about these movies is they were both in in theaters in America. I actually was able to go to a movie theater. You were didn't you go to? Yeah, yeah. To see we went, um, we Revival of Frieza. Yeah, yeah. We went when you came home last year. I think no. No, we we saw Star Wars together. This was this was in like July. Of okay, well, I, I, I did go and see it though. Uh, so yeah, it seemed like I saw it with Jalen. I don't know. I, I've seen it though. Yeah, yeah. At it was it, it was really really cool to see a because I never thought that I would ever see a Dragon Ball movie in the movie theaters, much less like a new one. And it was just so so cool. And you know, for myself, I was thinking like, if that's it, you know, yeah. I'm totally happy about that and it totally exceeded my expectations, but there was such a huge response to the two movies that they decided to make a new television series. Ah, okay. Um, so that's where Dragon Ball Super comes in. And basically what Dragon Ball Super does is it pretty much the first two arcs of the story. The first arc is the Battle of Gods movie kind of told in television format. And it's not exactly the same, um, it's, it's, they change a few things here and there. Cause like in the movie, I think in a movie, like the movie, I don't know if you remember this, but when, when in Revival Frieza, when they make the two wishes, um, they, they mention that they, I think in the, in the movie they do three wishes, but the, but the dragon in, on earth only does two wishes. So, like, there's a couple things that they kind of just got wrong, <laughs> uh-huh. which, you know, I, I guess it's kind of an honest mistake, but they kind of, they rectify that in the, um, in the television series. Uh, there's one of the minor characters where Frieza kills him and, like, shoots him out of the spaceship on the movie. He actually becomes part of the story in the television series. <laughs> wow. So, there's just... He kind of like they never show Frieza training in in the movie, but on the TV show they kind of this dude becomes kind of Frieza's training buddy slash punching bag. So, I mean, it just gives it more detail, I guess. Uh, it's definitely worth watching, especially if you haven't seen the first two movies in a while. And um, so right now, okay, let me back up. So after that series, there's a there's kind of a galactic tournament between. Barris and his brother, uh, Weiss. No, no, Weiss isn't his brother. Weiss is his angel. Barris' his brother's name. What is his brother's name? I don't think they show his brother on the movies. Ah, Champa. Champa. That's his brother's name. So Barris, which is kind of a pun on beer. Champa is a pun on champagne. But I don't know if you knew, know this, but like all of the names in Dragon Ball Z, just about all of them are food puns. Most of them only make sense in Japanese, but. But a lot of like just about every name is a is a pun on food or a drink or something or something because you know Trunks family his his whole family is like kind of named after underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Trunks, you have Bulma, which is a pun on bloomers. Doctor Briefs, uh, Bulma actually has a, a a sister named Tights, which oh. This is gonna be a lot. I'm sorry. This is gonna be a lot longer than I thought it was gonna be. I apologize, but I haven't oh. even got. To, I haven't even got to the news part yet. So, a while back, a while back. So Toriyama hasn't written any Dragon Ball manga in forever, and um, 
he just out of the blue he just starts this series called Jocko Jocko the Galactic Patrolman and I mean if you've seen the movies you know Jocko is a part of Dragon Ball Z but back then it was just kind of this this we thought it was kind of like a one shot like miniseries manga and if you read the manga like you don't realize it's take it takes place in the Dragon Ball Z universe until like the end so like that's what makes it really cool because like Basically, Jocko comes to Earth, and there's, like, hints, but he comes to Earth, like, right before Goku lands when he's a baby or a little kid because the Galactic Patrol or whatever, they they detect the Saiyan space pie going to Earth, and it's gonna he's going to kill all the people on Earth, of course, because, you know, that's why they sent him there. So Jocko sent there to destroy destroy him and kill him, because you know he's able to kill him if he's a baby but if he's full grown you know of course he'll get destroyed but yeah and basically what ends up happening is it's really really cool like it's it's there's this doctor and there's um he's a scientist and he lives on this island and anyway jacko and him and tights who is boma's sister and you don't find out you don't find out of course, you don't find out she's Bulma's sister. You don't find out that this is Dragon Ball Z universe. Like you don't find out any of that until the end. It's really, really cool how it was done. Yeah, because Tice is not mentioned in the in the Dragon Ball Z at all, is she? No, not until not until Super. She's not mentioned at all. I, I believe. Okay. I believe. I don't know if she's in the movie uh, revival of F Frieza, but a Resurrection F. I'm sorry, that's the name of the American name. I don't know if she's in a movie version, but they do have her in the television version. And um but yeah, she's kind of a retcon slash new character who's actually an old character. Happens all the time in American comics, so <laughs> should, should, shouldn't be anything new to you. But so basically, Dragon Ball Super is really, really cool. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth your time. It's a thousand times better than GT. And I didn't mean to turn this into a review, but I said all that to say that Dragon Ball Super has, you probably don't have, you probably don't know about it because it's only been shown in Japan and Funimation has not licensed it yet. Um, there's no English dub. Well, I, I take it back. There's no Funimation dub. I believe in like the Philippines or somewhere. There's actually an English dub with like completely different actors and I don't think it's any good. So there's that. And, Anyway, Crunchyroll <laughs> has licensed Dragon Ball Super for streaming. And it's not just Crunchyroll. I think it's Crunchyroll. It's um, Daisuke.net. And there's one more that I can't think of the name. But anyway, you can watch Dragon Ball Super at the same time, the same time that it airs in Japan, which I think is awesome. And it's it's like I always say, you can beat piracy if you make it less convenient to pirate. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, and you have to wait. So let's say you have somebody who gets a direct HV, HD feed of Dragon Ball Super. They have to capture it, which means you don't get to watch it at the same time it airs. And then they have to upload it to some server. And then somebody else has to download it, and then they have to translate it, and then they have to, you know, time it with what they're saying, which takes a long, really, really long time to do. And then they have to encode it. So at best, even with a fan sub, you're you're going to be waiting a day or two for, like, the crappy ones, and the really good ones, you're going to be waiting two or three or four days. So this is this is a game changer for me. It's like, 
and I admit I was I was downloading it because <laughs> it's the only way I could watch it. But now that I have a legal way to watch it, I'm totally excited about it, and it's I get to see it as soon as anybody else does, which so is awesome. Will they have all the back titles available too, uh, or is this going to be going forward? And do they like archive them on um, on okay. Crunchyroll as well for you to see them uh, later? Okay, so basically what happened what happened was the launch week last week they they launched episodes 47 to 62. Which basically were the um, it's it's the start of the new Future Trunks arc, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so the start of the new Future Trunks arc started at episode forty-seven, new Future, oh, God. forty-seven to sixty-two. Time, and then <laughs> last week the new. Oh man, like that's only uh, we got to talk about that in the podcast. I hate how DBZ's going or Dragon Ball Super's going multiverse, but that's another story for another day. But so you got the new episode 63 last week. They released 47 through 62, which was the beginning of the Future Trunks arc. And starting this weekend, they're releasing, they're starting with episode one. They're going to be releasing them every week in batches of 10. So this weekend you get episodes one through 10 and you also get oh, episodes, wow. okay. episode 64. So each week, you know, you can catch up with it weekly. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to watch more than 10 episodes in a week anyway. So. Let, well, I take that back. <laughs> no, but that's cool though that they're like giving you a new, a fresh new one, and then like giving you some back catalog for the people who haven't seen it already. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So the cool thing is, you don't even have to pay for this. I pay because I I don't want the commercials and I want the HD version. But if you just want to watch it, you can watch it for free, and you'll just have to watch commercials, which is fine, you know. But you don't even have to pay any money for this. Just go to Crunchyroll, register an account. And you can see Dragon Ball Super every week for free, just like you're watching on television, because it'll have ads. But I think that's phenomenal. It's it's a game changer. I don't know why Funimation is dragging their feet with this, because I would have thought that they would have licensed this show before it started airing last year. The only reason that I can think of that they haven't is that Toei Animation just probably has this gargantuan, ungodly licensing fee for the show that they that that. Uh, Funimation just doesn't want to pay or is yeah. waiting to see what the popularity is before they spend all that money. But I mean, it's 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 a no brainer. They have to license this at some point. Yeah, man. I I remember like I was watching um, the original Gundam on uh, Crunchyroll and I was enjoying it. And I pr- probably got like twenty two episodes in. And then they just took it off. They took all the Gundam off their oh, period. Oh man! I'm like, uh, that was probably a couple years ago. I'm like, man, I'm through with Crunchyroll. I'm, I, I haven't been on there since. I was so mad because I was getting into it. They just took it all off. Well, you know that uh, Netflix does the same thing. I don't think they do it quite as often. But talk to me after the podcast about Gundam, and I have, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know something about that. <laughs> cool beans. We won't discuss that on the podcast though. But yeah. They do pull stuff a lot, but one thing I noticed is like all of Cowboy Bebop is on well, all of Cowboy Bebop is on Crunchyroll, all of Ronin Kenshin, like all of there's a bunch of like older shows that I didn't even realize that they had. So like I just queued up a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen in a long time, and you know it's it's it, you definitely there's more stuff on there than you than you can possibly watch. It's it's definitely the Netflix of anime by far. <laughs> Cool beans. So we want to talk about a few releases. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, first of all, I also want to 
first off, I want to ask you, is there anything that you're pining for that com- that's coming out in November that you've been anticipating over the this past year? Uh, I mean, I won't, I, I won't say anticipating, but I've been kind of following Final Fantasy 15. I don't think I'm going to buy it, but you know, I will see what the reviews are. And if it gets really, really good reviews, I'm definitely going to check it out, but I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm just kind of hoping that it's better than the demo they released. <laughs> yeah. Which we talked about before being, uh, the kind of changed up the control scheme is more of a real time type yeah. action game, which is not in line with what they've done in the past. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where they're trying to be, they're trying to be, What's the way to put this? They're, they're trying to have something for everybody. Appeal to but, the masses. But, but what they're really doing is alienating everybody because. <laughs> and, well, and the reason, definitely the diehards. The reason I say that is because, okay, controls are the main, like I've heard people say that, man, if, if controls were, the controls were different, I'd definitely play Final Fantasy, but. I mean, maybe with the older Final Fantasies, they're doing this with seven, so that one will probably have mainstream appeal. But these stories have gotten so convoluted and messy and ridiculous and just not remotely resembling anything that would be entertaining to me, at least. So, like, and they changed the controls, so, like, and the gameplay is different. So, like, there's there's really no reason for me to play this. So and and I feel like if you get somebody who's kind of wanted to play Final Fantasy but hasn't because of the controls, they'll be like, "Oh, cool! The controls are awesome," but they'll be like, "This is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want to play this." It's just I feel like Square Enix has forgotten how to tell a good story, and it could be that they're telling the same stories the same way that they always have, but gaming has Times just evolved. Yeah. You know, George I, Lucas. I, yeah, George Lucas <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but um I I will be keeping an eye on that as well as Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh Sword Art Online is something I would be interesting in interested in, but I don't have a PlayStation 4. But I, I have been keeping up with that game. It looks really really cool. So if I had a PS4, I would definitely be pl- trying to, you know, lining up, well not lining up, but I definitely be uh, looking out for it. Yeah, uh, one on this list that I'm particularly uh, would wouldn't mind having is the uh, Assassin's Creed Ezio collection. Uh, uh, I played through the first two Assassin's Creeds uh, from from front to end, and I really enjoyed the second one. The first one was good, but I mean, like anyone will tell you, it's kind of gets repetitive. Which there's a lot of two in the second one, but I enjoyed the story on both of them. They are really well made, really good games. Uh, and, and if anyone, anyone's getting into it, I'd probably suggest they just start with two and don't worry about one. But there's been other games in that series based on SEO. I think the third one, and I think there was one after that as well, which he's the, the star of. And, um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind catching up on those games. Uh, it's so funny. Like, not to be spoilery, but seems like Assassin's Creed kind of went in the direction of Indiana Jones Five. <laughs> uh, or oh me. man! So, so <laughs> take take that as you will, and that's at the end of two. So I I don't know what happened at three, and I'm really excited to kind of dive in to see what actually how crazy it gets, and I hope hopefully not too crazy. But yeah, I, so I d- would mind d- playing that one. 
don't we have Black Flag? I think that's the one that I downloaded off the. But that's yeah. four, right? Yeah, that's well, the fourth one. Yeah, I think that is four. I think that is four. Um, yeah, I would. I want to play that one too, but I just had, you know, kind of because it is a new character. I kind of like just didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> ah, but I, but I heard it's really good too. I do want to play it, but I kind of, you know, you don't want to watch a movie when you hadn't seen the ones before it. So I kind of want to yeah. just. Even if I don't play them through through to completion, I would like to still play uh, three and I, whatever the one after that was called. I can't remember. I don't think it had a proper number. Yeah, there's been so many of them. Yeah, they're, was, ch- they're churning them out like Madden's. <laughs> <laughs> I was hope always always hoped that they would do a, one set in Japan, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, it's so many cultural uh, environments and, and uh, people that they can follow and 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 kind of uh, 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 bring to fruition. You know, that would be it. Would be nice to have one in Japan. I agree. So, is the movie out yet? The Fastbender movie that comes out later this year. <laughs> Which I'm actually I, I, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, for somebody who's played the game, it does look promising from the previews i mean you see a lot of the uh parkour action parkour parkour action where he's running around jumping off stuff and doing jumps you know you see the animus is is really kind of stylized a little bit differently in the movie where you're not laying down it's a big arm on him that's that he's jumping around on so i mean a lot of things look cool but uh all i gotta say is prince of persia and hope it don't be that i hope it's not that (laughs) This hope is not uh, that. Chesty Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, just from somebody who hasn't played any of the games and was like totally not excited about that movie at all. I saw the trailer that has this Kanye West song playing from Jesus. Oh. And I was like, oh, that looks so like, I don't even like you that song. All- like, okay. I don't even like that song, but I saw that trailer. I was like, oh man, I kind of want to see this now. You know what? I, I don't want to be the guy, you know, I don't want to be the smug book reader of this video, <laughs> of this movie. But just because I played the games, I don't be that one guy that's in the back of the room like, oh man, it's horrible. They're not even, it's not even like this. But, you know, again, I think this is a little bit sto- different story. So we'll see. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we also have the PlayStation 4 Pro coming out. Uh, eh, I don't know. Is that, is it, did they, did they release a price for that yet? Uh, is it 350? Uh, look and see. Ah, it's 399? Are you serious? Yeah, that's not bad. Do you, are you think that's high? Well, I mean, the play, the Xbox was, is, you can get one for like, what, 350? 300? Yeah, but that's not the next. Well, I mean, it depends on how we compare these specs to the, uh, the, the 1S. I mean, of course, the 1X only went up in the capacity of having 4K, uh, video capability and I think some audio stuff and, uh, HDR. But other than that, it's not it's really, same energy. Yeah, it's pretty much the same as the regular Xbox One. But with the 4, you're getting an increased processor and you're getting a little 4K, actual 4K gaming in some instances. So maybe it is warranted to have a little bit higher price. Yeah, I didn't, I I, I forgot that they were actually doing more, better hardware in this. But what, what do you, was it you that told me that, that the PlayStation 4 Pro doesn't do 4K Blu-rays? 
Uh, no, it does not. They don't have a 4K Blu-ray in there. That makes what? no sense to me. Yeah, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> and you I don't would th- know. you'd think that would be like something that they can enable in a software update. Yeah, you would think, but I don't know. It. I mean, if it has the hardware in there, of course they'll do it later. But I don't even know if it has the hardware in there. I guess we'll we'll find out soon where it gets when it gets break broken down uh, by some <laughs> of these hardware guys. Yeah, I think the true test is uh, or the true tale of the story is how much the Scorpio will be when it comes out next year, and I'm I'm personally think it's going to be around four fifty. Oh man, I'll be surprised if it's under five hundred dollars. Really, I'll be I'll be shocked if it's under five hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 if it's as if it's as powerful as they're saying it's going to be, I can definitely definitely see it being around that price. Only reason I'm saying that is because so the R9 390, which is the GPU I have in my in my um in my computer, it's 5.9 teraflops. So they're saying that the the Scorpio is going to be like six six point one. Oh my wow! G, my GPU my GPU by itself cost three hundred dollars when I bought it. So like I don't. <laughs> I, I don't see how they're going to make a console that's, I mean, of course, mass production and all that, blah, blah, blah. They'll get, you know, they'll be able to get the price down, but I just think it's going to be really, really difficult to get the price below 500 bucks. Oh yeah. I totally agree. It's, it's going to be a hard thing to do. And, you know, I guess we just have to wait and see, but I'm just hoping it's not just anything outrageous where it's not a chance that the, you know, oh, yeah. let's, let's, the normal person isn't going to buy this anyway. They're just going to buy the cheaper Xbox. But somebody who really is not a PC gamer and is not going to spend all that money on, you know, uh, the top of the line PC, I think this would be a good entry point, entry point into high end gaming for the kind of yeah. normal person. I think if it's over, if it's over seven hundred dollars, they're oh. just pr- they're pricing themselves out of the market. Yeah, it's that's a wrap. Like, yeah. At that at that point, I'm just gonna build me a PC and call it a day. <laughs> but for, like I said, for less than 500 bucks, for what they're saying is gonna be in it, I think it would be huge value. But yeah, <laughs> it's just the way they're they're marketing it is like this hardcore Uber machine. So I'm I'm just I'm hoping for the best, but I'm preparing for the worst. <laughs> As you often have to do with Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, speaking of Microsoft, did you see the new Surface PC? Yeah, and it looks freaking awesome. Dude, like I was like, oh man, that looks just like an iMac. And then they pulled out that little roly puck thing in the pen, and I was like, yeah, that is, that, that's kind of cool. It's so cool. It's like 3000 bucks, but still, like it's, or no, I think it was, was it 2500 It was. I think it's right at three thousand for the high end one, but you know it's it's th- that puck thing or whatever they call it. That's that's a pretty innovative uh, piece of hardware add on. Uh, yeah, I, I really wasn't expecting that. From what I understand, that puck will work with the Surface tablets as well. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, cool. You can buy it separately, but I I think that's like it's pretty and the whole thing is just beautiful. Like it, it really looks like something that Apple would design. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't think they copied Apple because it doesn't look like any of the, the, what are they called? The IMAX. It doesn't look like those, but it, you know, just that it seems like something that would come out of Apple. 
you know, Microsoft's industrial design has been a little bit more where, where Apple products are a little more, I ain't gonna, not gonna say shinier, but a lot like metal looking. Uh, yeah. Microsoft products are a little, they're gray as well, but they're a little more dull gray looking, <laughs> kind of matte, a matte finish to their products. So yeah, I mean, the surface has kind of the same finish that the, that the, um, the surface three has kind of the same finish as a surface four and, and the uh, surface PC that came out. So yeah, I wouldn't mind getting behind one of those and trying it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and okay we got what else we have Mario Party Star Rush Call of Duty Infinite Warfare you know the only reason I find this game worth mentioning on the podcast why is that guess who the villain is who's playing the villain on this game just take a wild guess John Stark <laughs> yeah John Snow yeah <laughs> John Snow I said Stark yeah uh, I heard that but I kind of have forgot about it till you just mentioned it <laughs> Like yeah. that, that that's the only reason that I'm remotely interested in this game. Um and it, it also comes bundled with a HD version of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which was Call of Duty four, I believe. Which was kind of the one that sent uh Call of Duty Call of Duty Call <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the one that sent the the pretty much sent the franchise into like the stratosphere. Because it just caught on like wildfire, but it'll be interesting to see well, what kind of reviews it gets, I guess. I don't know. So I wondered, did, uh, what's the actor's real name? I had to, hate to keep calling him. Uh, Kit, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. Was this his thing to do to just try to pretend he's not coming back to Game of Thrones? <laughs> I'll go off and do a video game and do some car uh, car commercials and Oh yeah, man, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just standing away. Like I, I usually, I used to live on the, uh, Song and Ice and Fire subreddit. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like all the news has come up, but apparently somebody like filmed them shooting a bunch of scenes. Like somebody, I guess with their cell phone, they filmed them shooting a bunch of scenes for the next season. So like there's a whole, there's like all kinds of spoilers out there for the new season. So like I just, I don't, I, I don't even look at any Game of Thrones stuff anymore. Because, <laughs> These because, people are yeah. diligent, man. Yeah, and it's, it's like they kind of did that with the last season, but I don't think they did it to the extent. So it's just really, really, I'm just really, I'm going to be really upset if somebody spoils this season for me. Like somebody, luckily I didn't see it, but somebody on my, who is no longer on my friends list, they posted like a bunch of stuff about Walking Dead before, like, before I was, like as soon as it happened, they were posting it and I didn't see it until like three days later. But thankfully I don't, I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore just because I used to check it too much, but like if if I would have had Facebook on my phone, I would have saw it and I'd been upset. Yeah, no spoilers, people. Come on, unless you clearly say I'm finna spoil this. Do not okay. put it in your Facebook feed or your Twitter feed. Period. Th- this is the way I see it. Give it a week. Give me, you know, like if you want to talk about something, you 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 gotta wait a week. I mean, you can't just like, you know, if you, yeah, you know, if it if it happened more than a week ago, then I'm really not going to get upset about it because if I haven't seen it in a week, it's probably not that important to me. But <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of like I was listening to the other podcast, and this dude said, uh, "I'm not going to give a spoiler for Star Wars: The Force Awakens, so skip ahead ten minutes if you hadn't seen it." <laughs> but uh, somebody post somebody posted on his feed said. Uh, um, Han dies. No, like before, like soon as the movie came out, soon as the movie came out. Now, oh man, are you serious? 
And then he put like hey, he put like a <laughs> he put like a a finger in a middle finger thrown of emoji by <laughs> Oh, the, the, the dude was so irate, man. It's it's just funny that people like it's so easy to spoil stuff now. But I think you always need to be cognizant of you know what you actually say because man, you can ruin somebody's show for them. Man, it's just yeah. it's crazy out here right now. That's the main reason I wanted to go see Force Awakens on the opening <laughs> night is because, <laughs> dude, if somebody was spoiled that movie for me, I would have been so upset. Oh yeah, me too. But yeah, <sighs> any other thing on this list you want to talk about? Uh, uh, just in passing, the crew calling all units coming out November 29th, I think. Uh, I like the crew, but they, they've just gone kind of nuts with the micro. Well, they don't really do microtransactions, but they kind of do. But I hate how they make you, they put all these ads for their new expansions in the game. Yeah. It's like, like, you, it'll, it'll like show you the car and you can select uh. the car, but it's like, in order to drive this, you need crew wow something yeah. wildfire. Blah, don't, blah, blah. don't show me the event on my map if I can't play it. This is just irritating. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I'm sh- I, I'm if if the if the go wild or whatever it's called if it goes down to like five or ten bucks, I may go ahead and buy it. But yeah, it's so funny. Like games are uh, these uh, publishers and I mean developers are putting like free-to-play stuff in their normal games which i see they're trying to make money but why are you like leveraging free-to-play aspects in a game that i just paid 60 dollars for you i know? think they're, they're trying to find like a happy balance because i think uh the people that make supercell the people that make clash of clans and then you have the people that do pokemon go like those games are free games but they generate more money than any console game has ever <laughs> it's ridiculous how much money those games generate so i can understand them wanting to kind of put some of those elements in their game but you know if if i pay 60 bucks for a game don't nickel and dime me you know yeah don't instantly show me something that i can't have that's on the map you know let me test drive it Let's, uh, oh anyway. another thing that makes me mad is they have cars on there that you can only buy with money like you can't buy them, you can't buy them with like the in-game money. You have to spend real money to buy them, which makes no sense to me. Just no, no, don't do it. It's not even an option. Like they could put like infinity virtual dollars on it or something, but they don't even do that. It just is four ninety nine. Yeah, man. Trying to get them dollars. Oh yeah. Well, I guess it's it for the releases. I guess. So yeah, I. So actually, I've been playing nothing. Uh, I moved <laughs> over the past month and I can't, don't have anything to really talk about. Unless we want to talk about Word Feud, which I can go on and on about. But <laughs> we, what have you been playing, man? Did anything good? Uh, anything been picking your interest over the past month? Yeah. So I won't spend a whole lot of time on this, but so I'm still playing Destiny Rise of Iron. I finally did the raid last weekend and it was awesome. I'm part of this kind of clan of people who are like older like us and they have kids and stuff. So they're not like immature. (laughs) They're mature, older people that play video games and they walked me through it and they were nice and it was awesome. So that's rare to find. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very, very rare. Uh, so shout out to my clan. I can't, What's the name of my clan? Oh well, that that sounds horrible. You lose props, man. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> oh man, I'm an idiot. I'm gonna have to look this up. 
<laughs> oh my god, are you serious? I can't remember what the name of my clan is. Destiny Guardian. No, that's not it. The Champions of Chaos. That's what we're called. Ah. Xbox One. Champions of Chaos. Shout out. Yeah. Fam. <laughs> but yeah, they walked me through the whole thing. They were super nice, and I can't wait to play it again. I'm still having fun with that game. I'll be playing it for the next year. Because kind of the last two expansions, they give you this moment of triumph thing right before the new expansion comes out. They'll give you like two months to finish it. But basically... When this game was released, they already had the Triumphs book, so you have it now. And there's kind of like a bunch of in-game achievement stuff that you do. And if you get them all done before the like end of year three, you can order a t-shirt, which I did all the ones for year two and forgot to order my shirt. So, blue, boo, but... They give you shirt for free? No, you have to order it, but it it has like your name on it, and it it's just kind of like, like game cred, I guess. You ah. know, because you can, only, you can only order the shirt... If you complete your moments of triumph book or your destiny year one, year two moments of triumph. So it's kind of like exclusive type thing, you know, but I, I, I'll i definitely order my shirt this year. Um, <laughs> Other than that, I'm playing Civilization six, which came out this past week uh, and it is awesome. So I bought it yesterday. I was telling my brother this. I bought it yesterday and I've already got 14. Well, probably like. Let's just look at Steam and see. <laughs> so I bought the game. I bought it um, yesterday and I already have 15 hours on it. So so is this that, your first Civ or you're kind of a Civ uh, guy? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a Civ guy, but I did have Civilization Five. I bought it, I think, around the time it came out, like 2012. I think that's how long it's been. But yeah, I loved Civilization Five. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, can't say enough good things about Five, and you could probably find it really, really cheap if you just want to check out kind of the dynamics of Civilization. But Six, uh, there's a couple new elements. Um, there's way more. Uh, I guess you would call them. I don't know what you would call them. Like legends, I guess, or the kind of leaders of the countries, different countries. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different ones, a bunch of new ones. Uh, what else is new? So there's a whole bunch of different ways you can actually win a match now. So, of course, you can have your... Where are my notes? Okay, so you can have your domination, which means basically you create a big army and you take over the whole map. That's kind of how I'm playing my first playthrough. You can have a cultural victory, which means you can generate enough tourism to your country that you pretty much control the whole world uh there's a science victory now so if you get you can get a satellite up land on the moon colonize mars if you do that first you win um there's also a religious victory so if you're if you have the <laughs> i don't know if that sounds like, good <laughs> if you have like the most dominant religion if you're the dominant okay. religion in a majority of civilization no not a holy war <laughs> yeah I, I thought of jihadist when you said that so <laughs> No, no. So it's basically having like the most dominant religion in the whole world. Um, and of course, if you take all of the turns and you don't do any of those four, if you have the high score at the end, you win. Um, and there, there's a whole bunch of different like 
details in it now. So like you have to when you plan out your city, um, there you have to do a whole lot more planning as far as like districts and it, it has it has a bunch of like sim city elements now so if you have to worry about like how much housing your civilization has you have to worry about you know how much food you have to worry about if they have all the amenities they need because you have to build stuff to keep them entertained um there's just a whole lot of different you know new elements to that uh, of course um civilization has always been being on mods so I loaded up the game and there are already like two or three mods just loaded for me to enable. Like, I mean, it's people mod the crap out of this game, so that I guess that should come as no surprise. And you say you're playing uh, on PC, right? Yeah, yeah, PC. Um, and I, I have a 100. I have a FreeSync monitor. It's 100 144 hertz, so I was able to like, I'm able to play it at 144 hertz. So like, that's cool too. That's it's ridiculous. kind of it's kind of the first game that I've done that with, just because I I mean I don't I don't play a whole lot of PC games, but I've been wanting to get back into it. So, um, this is kind of like the the first game I've done that with, and it's just so smooth and awesome. But yeah, I, I mean I don't know. Civilization is kind of one of those things where you know if you've if you know if you're a Civilization person, you you you, you you've probably already got the game <laughs> but but if it's something you're kind of looking to get into i mean it's a whole lot of fun like i had so much fun with this game yesterday i was even talking to my wife about it so like the first first match i loaded up this is what happened okay so i'm building my civilization i'm playing as japan and right next to me is rome so the the caesar of rome i can't remember what his exact name is but he's like let's be friends so i'm like okay cool we'll be friends we'll trade blah 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 so like we're kind of allies i guess in the whole world and and after <laughs> after this couple turns england starts attacking rome okay and they uh -oh. take out they take over like the one of the cities in rome so i'm like no i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna you know let my friend get taken over so basically what i do is i go and started attacking England <laughs> to oh. help to help him out. And I take over England. I take over all of the cities. No, no. So first, first thing I did was she took over the main city for the Roman Empire, which is Rome, of course. So I, I, I reclaim Rome, and I have a choice of you know keeping the city for myself or liberating it back to the the Roman empire and i liberated it back to them so i conquered rome i gave it back to them and i'm like okay cool we're friends we're friends so then i finished england off and then probably about 50 turns later the dude from rome declares war on me what so he's like ah blah, 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 blah. What? it's like you're taking over the world or i guess it was like a surprise declaration or whatever that and, don't even sound right and of course so like I started attacking him, I take over all his cities except for one. He offers me a truce and like a bunch of money and like uh, so many pieces of gold per turn. So I so I stop attacking him and we become well we don't become allies but we kind of have a truce. And um basically what I did at that point I was still mad at him for attacking me after I helped him with England. So what I did was I lined just a whole bunch of people over like a whole bunch of my military units around his the one city he had left, 
And then that, like, I think it was after like 40 or 50 turns, I just conquered him again. Like once he got done paying me all, <laughs> once he got me done paying me all that money for, for like trucing him or, you know, coming to a truce, I attacked him and conquered him. So that's, that's kind of where I left off. That's cold blooded, man. And now all the other leaders are mad at me. They're calling me a warmonger. So they're probably all going to gang up on me. Bring it on. Ah, oh, you can take them. <laughs> but you know as, you, as you can see, I really, really like this game. Um, I'm probably going to play as America next, my next playthrough. But it's kind of got like a cartoonish art style now. And the art style is kind of goofy to me, but I really, really like the game. I mean, it doesn't detract from it. But I wish they would have gone with something a little less Pixar. But it's it's cool. Cool beans, man. <laughs> maybe maybe I, that was somewhat informative. <laughs> I tend to gush. Very. <laughs> All right. So that's what we're playing. Um. So I guess for our main discussion, we're going to talk about a few TV shows. So did you see uh, Walking Dead this past week? I did. Man. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, man, this is like one of the most intense hours of television I've ever watched. I mean, that, and that's cool, in a lot right? in the world where Game of Thrones and shows like that exist. Yeah. It it was just really... This episode made Game of Thrones look like Sesame Street. <laughs> yes, it did, man. And, and, you know, as, as cartoonish, like, as the governor was, he was still kind of serious and kind of scary. Um, he ain't got nothing on Negan. <laughs> he ain't got nothing on Negan, man. It, ne- Negan is ruthless. This is horrible. It's going to sound horrible. And I said this, I said this at the end of the last season. I was like, I think I like Negan more than I like any of the other characters now because, like, Rick, Rick is just, Everything Rick touches turns to, at, like he destroys everything he touches basically, and like I just I don't know like I I thought Negan was cool I, I I actually like him as a character even after the the premiere like I think he's a really really cool character, and I think that's something that the show has been lacking for a while since the governor died is a main you know major enemy you know or or bad dude. And maybe yeah, I mean, that's maybe that's why I like him so much is because the show has gone so long without having a major enemy. So, well, they they've been in a few tangles, and it's still some stuff from last season that we don't even know really how it plays out. You remember the guys with the W on the foreheads? Uh, oh I, yeah, yeah. They yeah. never really explained that, so I'm guessing we're going to see that this season. And then you know they had the uh, the con- not controversy when they actually got captured by those guys at the uh, terminus. Terminus, yeah. So. Both of those things were really good. I thought they were kind of, like you said, they were not really having a main enemy it was kind of weird, but still it was kind of a different pace from when we were facing the governor, uh, back at the prison. So yeah, Negan is, the, the dude just has no more, no morals whatsoever. And you can't even say that about the governor. The governor at least well, had a, no, a code. No, like I don't, I don't think you can say that Negan has no morals. Like he has a code. He does. I think like the governor he, had more of a code than Negan, though, because Negan, 
man, he just seems- Negan has a code. He does. Like he, he All right, I'll just put it like this. Okay? Yeah, he's a bad dude. He does some bad stuff. But so like Rick has done some horrible yeah, stuff they, too. They did you know kill all those people, so and there's it's like you know, it's 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 not like that's the thing about this show, and it's one of the things I like about it is that there is no thick line in the sand, good and evil, because like yeah. all all of these characters have done screwed up stuff. But, all but, of them. but but again, you got to go back to those three questions they asked in, in the, <laughs> of the past two seasons: how many walkers have you killed, how many humans have you killed, and why? So. I I still Rick you, killed some dude because he wanted to bang the dude's wife. I mean, come on. Is that really why he killed him? Yes, is it that is. really why he killed it him? Is. It is. He turned. No, he ba- come he on, now, Carrie. He come basically, on now. dude. That he, ain't really why the dude was a problem. I mean, I don't think if he was if he was not a problem, I don't think Rick he basically never killed him. Rick basically turned into Shane that season last season oh dude. god i don't i don't agree with that man he basically I, I turned into shane man the dude was a problem but other than other than you saying he killed the dude because of because of you know he wanted his wife but i think rick was just kind of crazy <laughs> overall last season he was like yeah. he was mentally unhinged the whole season yeah i'll give you that i'll give you that and you know now that we see somebody you know even more determined and than, he sticks to he his is. guns man like that's the thing yeah. about Negan. like he i don't think he wanted to do that stuff that he did oh, like he did really, it in such a great fashion though <laughs> but see but what y'all made me do <laughs> he knows he knows how to keep order man like you gotta respect that whether you like him or not you gotta respect the way he keeps a tight ship man he does not play dude the moment he does not when, play the moment when he killed abraham i'm spoiled Walking Dead spoilers. If you don't know by now, <laughs> if you don't know by now, Walking Dead spoilers. Spoiler alert! I will put something at the beginning of the ep- this, this episode. But the moment Abraham gets killed and Daryl tries to revolt, I when, just when Daryl when Daryl punched him, I was like, I just knew to, it. He's about to kill Daryl, man. I thought he was gonna kill Daryl. Like when he didn't kill Daryl, I was like, okay, like that's how I know this dude has a code. Like he he's not just. He's not. He he just doesn't commit random acts of violence because he could have just. Yeah. It, he 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 probably should have just destroyed Daryl, but he didn't. But but he but was th- like. Yeah, but think about it. The uh, <laughs> the only way to re- you know killing somebody who does you wrong is kind of the easy out if you really think about it. That, but yeah. But, but but saying that if you f up, I'm gonna destroy somebody else that you care about. That is so much more deeper and and more hard. And not only that, man. And not only that. I learned this from an anime called Gungrave. You know, it's it's one of my favorite animes. But this is kind of the same thing. It's like if you kill somebody, like that's it. Like that. Th- why not put them to work for you? You know, squeeze them. Don't kill them. Squeeze them. You know, yeah. get 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 um benefit from you know make help make them help you make them you know benefit your life or whatever don't just kill them because he's no good to you dead yeah and man. I, I i think that's why he didn't kill daryl because he's like this is this dude's a this dude's a goat you know he rec- recognized how tough and how you know he could really he saw how much he could help him in his cause not that daryl's ever going to help them but 
Like, I think that's why he didn't kill Daryl is because of that. Like, I don't. And of course, you know, Daryl has plot armor because if they ever kill, if they ever kill him, people are going to revolt. But yeah, man, that, 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 man. And then like, um, you know, the, the pressure he put Rick under right at the end there where, man, that's that, that was so, so heart wrenching, man. I was. Even even Carl was like, just do it. Yeah, Carl, Carl's <laughs> words were reassuring, though. I, you know, after even though I didn't commit the, commit the act, even hearing Carl say just do it dropped a huge weight off my shoulders. You know, just from yeah. a viewer. You know, when Carl said go ahead and do it. You you see that he had made peace with it himself, which is different. And and in any situation, it's still hard, but still, man, it's it's. Yeah, he broke he broke Rick down. He broke yeah. him down. Like, like he stopped. Like it was so awesome. Like you gotta admit, dude, that was so awesome the way he broke him down, though. Because like, yeah, I'm not like, giving any look. I want to see. Because <laughs> like I'm thinking before the episode, I'm like, there. Like I know that you know. I was like, there's no way this dude's gonna break Rick. I was like, there's no way. There's no way, but he did it. And even after, uh, even after that, uh, he tells, he tells, um, Negan that I'm still going to kill you. You know, he said, I'm going to kill you. He still has that same, uh, confidence that he always has and that we've seen that these guys have had since pretty much the first couple of seasons. They've grown to a point where nobody can F with them. You know, they're, yeah. they think they're the top of the game. And even with the governor, I didn't really think the governor going to take them out because I knew they were a bunch of bad A's. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> but now it's totally different, man, because Negan is – he's he's cut from a different cloth, man. That dude is r- ruthless. Yeah, man. Lu- Lucille got got a lot of screen time. Oh, man. Dude. It's just like – I like the thing that freaked me out, though, is like I wasn't expecting them to actually like show it. Yeah. <laughs> Like that to me, that was the freakiest part is like seeing him bash these people's brains in. And then he hit, he hit Glenn a couple times and then he just like his eyes poking out. Yeah, and man. Somebody they posted, had him talking. Somebody posted on Facebook, uh, I'm not going to get some Popeye chicken anymore after seeing the walk of death. Some, some stupid like that. It was, it was <laughs> hilarious, but <laughs> yeah, man. Like there was an actual somebody actually wrote an obituary in a paper for Glenn, like a real. I don't know if they just slipped it under the editor's fingers when they were slipped it by when they weren't looking, but they actually is. There was a clip that I saw of somebody sent me at work, but there was an actual picture <laughs> of an obituary for him, which is crazy. But yeah, like you said, they had him still talking, and man, Maggie, boy, I just yeah, wow. he didn't break Maggie. <laughs> Oh, yes. And how about that scene at the end where they actually show what could have been, you know? Yeah. That was, that. I don't know why they did that, but I could see them. Talking about showing them, like, it hit everybody? No, 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 no. When they showed that they were at the picnic table. Oh, that's everybody made, was there. That just made it that much worse, man. Yeah. Jeez, man. That, that's a brutal it's just episode. Like, and it's just one of those realizations where, and I think that's the most heartbreaking thing about it. Yeah, sure sure glenn died sure abraham died but i think the most heart-wrenching part of that whole episode you know forget about the violence is that 
this whole like life that they were trying to build the, the like all these seasons this this like you know utopia or this you know this light surrounded by darkness this safe haven where they could just live normal lives it's, it's never going to happen yeah <laughs> you know? never if it ain't happened after what they just went through which which makes it even worse is the fact that you know the fact that they were even going after Negan's men's men they didn't start that. Negan men started that and they were just retaliating. And, but still they're caught in this web of this, uh, circular search for happiness, which just like you said, is never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Rick's just like, he went from trying to help people to like anybody that we don't know they're dead. Like, like that's how he was thinking. If I don't know you, I'm going to kill you. Like, and, and I, like, that's why I say you can't say that Negan's worse than him because at least before Negan kills anybody, he's like, come work for me, you know, come work for me, give me stuff. It's kind of the mafia way of doing things, but he wasn't just going around killing people that he didn't know. He was at least trying to bring them into his, 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 I don't know what you call it. His cult. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. you know, but re- like, I don't know. I feel like that. I don't know. I guess it's just how you look at it. Yeah. And, and, and judging by next week's week's preview, I don't think we're going to see Rick Nam. I think it's all going to be Carol and Morgan, which this tiger dude, I don't know about King, whatever his name is. That's, that's going to be weird. Yeah. I'm not sure where that's going. Yeah. Cool. Any, any last thoughts on The Walking Dead before we talk about a little bit about How to Catch Fire? Um, just that um, I was not looking forward to this season until I saw this episode because I was figuring it was just going to be the same old wash, rinse, repeat. That you know, it. I don't know. To me, the series had gotten really, really dull, but it's it's not dull anymore, <laughs> to say the yeah, least. That's for so, sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. All right, so Halt and Catch Fire? Yeah, man. Um, so I I had to kind of catch up on the show over the last uh, month. I was a little bit behind on this season. But, yeah, so can can you kind of explain what Halt and Catch Fire is for these guys? Um, um, you, it, it's, a, it's a show about the it's, growth of tech in the early, late yeah, 70s. It's kind, of, to, it's kind of a historical fiction type thing where – you know, it kind of follows the growth of of computer technology starting, I guess, in the late 70s, I guess. But the thing about it is, you know, you of course, it uses fictional characters and it kind of tells things from their story. I mean, this story is probably not a fictional story because I'm sure there were built millions or not millions, thousands of of hopeful upstarts who were hoping to. become what steve jobs and bill gates became but you know of course it didn't happen but i just i just feel like this is kind of the storytelling of the average joe tech entrepreneur in the 80s so to speak yeah that that makes sense yeah certainly certainly so um this season uh we've kind of come through the last couple of seasons of where these guys have built the computer you know um, and all the kind of stories that's around that the, the company eventually falling and, and the, the leader in, in the classic Steve Jobs fashion being ousted from the company. And, <laughs> and, and this guy, this Joe, uh, McMillan, I think his last name. Yeah. yeah Joe, Joe McMillan. McMillan. He's, he's so much worse than Steve could ever be because 
he, you know, he has these big aspirational dreams, but unlike Steve, he he'll he'll get what he want by almost any any means necessary. And he's kind of died back a little bit from that in the last couple of seasons. But that I don't first think season, he's man, that, I don't think he's that different than Steve Jobs. Man, that, that, <laughs> that that first season, though, man, he was a bad dude. He was he to was me, a to tyrant. me, he is the he is the definition of Steve Jobs because Steve Jobs wasn't a tech person. He was a business person. Yeah, true. Certainly. You know, like I look at it like like this is horrible. But if you ever if you ever just get a chance, uh, YouTube Bill Burr, um, uh, Bill Burr. Uh, what does he do? Bill Burr talking about Steve Jobs. And he just has this big thing where he's like, <laughs> oh, man, he's like, please tell me what this guy did. What did he do? Tell a bunch of smart people what to invent. <laughs> He's like, yeah. he's like, I want all my songs in this little bitty iPod. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear any thinking going on in there. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. Those are actual quotes from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, like if you think about it, like he didn't actually create anything like and the, well, like to me, I feel like he is exactly like this Joe McMillan character, albeit a better business person, of yeah. course, but. Like to me, you know, you know, because Steve Jobs had Steve Wozniak, and to yeah, me, that's Gordon Clark in this. Yeah, story. like to me, to me, it was like a mirror of that, like you know, like a carbon copy of those two guys. You had the business guy, and you had the nerd, and they both needed each other because, of course, you know, Joe didn't know much about technology, and Gordon wasn't really a people person. He's kind of grown into like a business guy, but. The first season, like he didn't care anything about that. He just wanted to make his. He just wanted to make his box, you know. And I feel like that's how Steve Wozniak was because he kind of faded off, you know. Yeah, that. I mean, that's an excellent point because uh, over the course of the three seasons, we see, you know, uh, Gordon going from you know excited and has an idea that Joe takes and run with, and they both work on together, from them being separated to him feeling kind of this loneliness and. Wanting to be a part of something great, which, you know, it's kind of come full circle at the end, end of this past season where they're they're working on something cool again. And that's just kind of see cool to see that that up and down of uh, having something that's really popular and, and hitting rock bottom and, and trying to, you know, coming back up and even being a rich person with nothing to do. You see, you see, you see all of that in in um in, in these few seasons. Yeah. And that's just one side of the coin. You want to talk about the girls? What about the girls in this uh this uh, equation? Which kind of came out of nowhere. I really didn't expect them to be so, so integral, which in the second season was pretty much just all about them. Wow. That's hilarious. So the girl that plays Donna, she's the same age as me. She was born May 1st. I was born May 17th. Oh, well, really? That's crazy. <laughs> Silly Wikipedia. But so, okay. The first season kind of focused on Joe and Gordon and about them, you know, getting their computer made. They kind of go through this this company that's not really a computer company. They try to turn it into a computer company. Doesn't work. And, you know, kind of goes belly up. The whole company with, just kind of issues the boot. <laughs> yeah, so that just totally doesn't work. Um and for a while, Cameron was working with with Joe and Gordon, and she and Joe ended up kind of getting into a relationship, and it didn't work out, and it 
of course it blew up just like everything else did. So, of course, <laughs> the second season is more about Cameron and Donna kind of becoming uh, business partners, I guess you would say. And it's kind of like the reverse, or not really the reverse, but it's it kind of mirrors the Gordon-Joe relationship where Donna's the businesswoman, but Donna's actually, she's really smart. Like, she wasn't, ju- she's not just a business yeah, person. She was an engineer she's, as well. Yeah, so she's a really smart person with business savvy. And Cameron's like the extreme, she's at the other extreme of the spectrum where she's not a people person at all, but she's really, really smart, but she has no people skills and she ends yeah. up building. She ends up building this thing called Mutiny, and it's just her. And you know, they end up like becoming business partners and and, and making it like it becomes really really popular. And they end up moving. I, I can't remember what happened with it. Something happened at the end of the second season that I can't remember when they ended up moving to Cali. Yeah, they were trying to get uh, investors, and I think. Uh, the the um, they needed a mainframe. Was that it? They needed a mainframe, and they weren't able to yeah, get investors that, for it. That may have been it. And they moved to where the mainframe was because it would be easier than shipping it. So, something like that. It was, it was something to do with uh, where the mainframe was, and, and maybe it had something to do with where the backbone was or something like that. I'm not completely sure. But yeah, so season three is it, and I, I mean I liked season two, but I I really like Gordon and Joe Morris characters than Cameron and Donna. Like they yeah. are bad. I don't think they're bad characters, but I kind of hate that the whole show just kind of focused, like just Gordon and Joe just kind of folded Faded into in the, the background. background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know Joe kind of had his thing going. Gordon wasn't really doing anything in the second season, so Gordon, um, basically what happened was Joe's company was supposed to supply servers for mutiny. And they ended up backing out of the deal. Yeah. And Cameron got really pissed and she wrote this software, this virus software to completely kill the network. And it does. <laughs> it like completely kills their network infrastructure. And so Gordon writes a program to fix it. Wait, wait, wait. And that's not, is that what happened? I don't think that's what happened. That's not what happened? I thought. Was, didn't this? Cameron write, Cameron wrote a virus, didn't she? Man, I may just not be remembering it correctly. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure she wrote a virus. I thought what happened. Well, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll let you talk because I think I could be misremembering. But I, I think that what it was was that's that virus that. Yeah, she did hand the virus to uh, Joe, but that was the virus because you remember when um when when um Gordon was playing the tank game and he couldn't actually hit his target because something was wrong with the software. So Joe and all his master, you know, all his elitist <laughs> elitism was going to write a program to actually fix mutiny. So he gave that program to those guys and they actually ran it. And remember it crashed their network for a while. They were mad at Joe for a while because it actually killed their computers. You don't remember that? Uh, okay. It, Joe it, returns it, to mutiny for the demo. He yeah. sees through their deception after lying to her mother about having miscarriage done it. And, 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 and then he wrote a, a fix for it and he gave it to them and it actually cleaned up their network later. Yeah. And, and that fix is what, um, Joe took from Gordon to start the, uh, software company, to start the uh, virus company. 
Yeah, but I think I think Gordon actually wrote the first vi- wrote the virus and he wrote oh, the solution. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. They they wanted to buy Mutiny. Joe's company wanted to buy Mutiny. Cameron wouldn't sell Mutiny, so they cloned Mutiny and called it something called Westnet. Yes, yes, that's correct. Okay, that's what happened. And then, like Joe didn't have anything to do with it, but of course they don't believe him. And then that's what. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, co- it's a complicated story. I mean, we just hit the high points, but, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, in the third season, again, like you said, it shifted to, uh, California and it was pretty much just a company trying to get investors uh, that come to be a mutiny to try to take it to the next level to IPO to go public. And man, the, the whole IPO process, uh, created a knockdown drag out between, uh, Cameron and Donna, which is which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it was um <laughs> seeing those characters. Like I feel like there was a lot of development in those two characters in the season. And one thing I really didn't like is how they kind of at the end of the season they kind of like you can tell for the last season Donna's going to be like the villain. Yeah, and I really hate that they made her the villain because like she she really had good intentions, which I guess all villains have good intentions to begin with. But she really is kind of vicious, like exactly like Cameron said, like she feels like anybody's going to slow her down. Like she won't think twice about cutting them off or cutting them out. Like she's vicious like that. So, yeah, and and it's hard when you have somebody who starts something and you're coming in and try to improve it and make it better or work with them. Because like one of my favorite moments of the series as a whole is as a whole is when, um, Cameron was talking to these guys they had brought in uh, to they had acquired their company and they wanted to like write in C plus plus or something. I can't remember what language it was. Yeah, C++. It, was a, it was yeah, it was a structured language, and she was used to writing in. I guess she was writing uh, in uh, assembler or something, but nobody could understand it because it was so archaic and old. And they just wanted to rewrite it in something modern. And she was like so adamantly against it because she had wrote that code and it worked in, in front from a programmer's point of view, I can see her pain on that, you know, to see something you wrote and spent all these, this hard time and hours on being taken out of commission by something newer is, is, is gut wrenching. But by the same token, you know, in a lot of ways, her mentality around that kind of held the company back. Yeah. It was, um, It was really like I feel like they they both needed each other to kind of keep each other in check, but agreed. They just, I guess, in at the end they just wanted different things, <laughs> and um, I really like how in this season they they well they did it in every season, but they use a lot of actual events like NSFNet, like that's all that stuff ARPANET, like all that stuff that they use, like all of the even the diagrams they use, they're like the actual diagrams that people, you know, that the people developed for these different networks and technologies and stuff. Mm. And, oh man, Ryan. Oh yeah. He's, we could talk about him. (laughs) He spent a whole episode talking about him, but yeah, I mean, and I think ultimately he had good intentions, but, I think he, 
probably had some unseen mental issues <laughs> by the same token. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had some mental issues. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously by the end we see what happened to him, but yeah. So Ryan is a character that kind of came in and worked with Cameron at first, but eventually uh went to work for Joe at his company and and yeah. Which he, I don't blame him because Cameron just wanted him to be a code monkey. Like he she she wouldn't listen to any of his ideas. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and he had some good ones too. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had some great ideas and he just he was right to leave. <laughs> But no, yeah. Joe. Joe just Joe was Joe. Um, the whole speech he makes at the end of the episode, like after spoiler alert, like after he jumps out of the window. Um, it I think it's really, really. Um, it was like really, really thought provoking and true. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's. Do you remember it? It's um. I remember parts of it. Cause that's when he like walked out onto the back balcony after yeah. talking to, uh, to, to, uh, to Gordon. Cause I think Gordon came yeah. to the farm. It's, um, you are not safe. I, Ryan Ray released the Macmillan utility source code. I acted alone. No one helped me and no one told me to do it. I did this because security is a myth. Contrary to what you might have heard, my friends, you are not safe. <laughs> Safety is a story. It's something we tell our children so they can sleep at night, but we know it's not real. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's. Yeah. If I you think, find it like I, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome, dude. That that speech, I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think they were trying to play on our sensibi- sensibilities of Snowden and what's going on now. Back in 1988, whenever this happened, was supposedly happening. Happening, I don't think anybody was thinking of the words he quoted. You know, I think yeah. that was that was just like something that's going on now that they tried. Well, to yeah, put in the show. I, I feel I feel like they were using the show as a vehicle to foreshadow what actually happened. Yeah, I I'm like you. I don't think anybody knew exactly what the internet was going to become back then. But as far as the, in context of the show, I thought it was really cool how he kind of foreshadowed or kind of saw where things were going you know I, I thought that was really cool of course you know it's a show and it's not necessarily the most realistic thing but yeah <laughs> I, I do feel like they do that from time to time with Joe's speeches because he said stuff that's like I'm like how in the world were people thinking about this in 1980s <laughs> you know though some of it may be true because you had some pretty good visionaries back then but just to hear it said you know, it's just like so, you know, we're living in it now, but just to hear it said, it had to be so infallible, infallible to people in that era. You know, if you said it, you might sound like a crazy person <laughs> very yeah. easily. Yeah, definitely, man. I just, I don't know. <sighs> really cool show. If you haven't seen it, it's only three seasons. Um, They announced, I was worried that it was going to get canceled. They announced that they're going to be doing a final season. And I'm really, really, really excited about it. Awesome sauce. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have anything else, man? I think we need to wrap it up. We've been going on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, this this podcast was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, yeah. but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, not at all. Not at all. But so, yeah. man, anything interesting you've been working on you want to talk about before we get off or try to alert the fans about? you know, Um. So... I've just been like I'm kind of in a weird spot where my computer's fine. It I can play anything I want to play, but I want to really make a small form factor PC, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of money. So I'm thinking about kind of I'm thinking about bringing back the PC gaming on a cheap 
and what my goal is to build a to build a computer small form factor that can do VR for under four hundred dollars. It's called a PS4 Pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I'll mess with you, man. <laughs> Boo! Nah, that's that's lofty goals, man. I want to see how you spec this thing out and what you come up with because um, that's that's just, gonna be a challenge. Just from what I'm doing, you know, like I feel I feel like I can easily do it. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, you know, it. My thing, right? I'm doing a lot of research. I just need to find out the right uh, balance between price and performance because I, I I really think I can I can do this. But I guess we'll see. I'm I'm gonna start researching it uh, soon, and hopefully I can get a bill going before the end of the year. But I, I plan to document the whole thing. Awesome, man! Can't wait to see it. Yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> And I'll just say, if anybody uh, listening to this show, you might enjoy another show I do called Discussing Who. Um, it's just DiscussingWho.com. We recently talked about an episode on an episode about the uh, Christmas special from last year for Doctor Who called The Husbands of River Song. So if you like Doctor Who, check it out. And that's all I got, man. Cool. All right, then. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next month. Very, very quick. I can't I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty.